Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you. And their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now Edit, also known as the Nine Edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. The cut. The cut. The cut. The cut. The cut. The cut. This week, things are going to get a little heated because we're talking about abortion, specifically with two people in the same family, a mother and a daughter. But do you think that this is a topic that you are able to be swayed on in either direction? No. No. And then what about you, Kathleen? (laughs) Am I amenable to being swayed? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, spicy. Kathleen Walsh is a journalist and has a story out in the cut called Talking About Abortion with My Mom. Kathleen, or Katie as her mom calls her, is pro-choice. Like, no week cut off, legal in all circumstances, pro-choice. Her mom, Nicole, is pro-life, but with stipulations. She thinks if we make abortion accessible... We should have a 16-week cutoff with exceptions for medical emergencies and cases of rape and so on. Most of the time, they do see eye to eye on a lot of different issues. And even when they don't, it's not so bad. But abortion is a different story. Can I ever say anything without you going, Mom, 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 and interrupting me? You haven't let me finish my sentence. You haven't let me finish mine. I'm not people. My relationship with my mom is overall really good. When I go home, we usually drink a bottle or two of wine. We watch like Vampire Diaries and we hang out and we sit on her back porch. And especially over the past four years, I've, I've been on like this little project to sort of move her over um, from the dark side. And I've been relatively successful. She voted for Joe Biden and she lives in Michigan. So that was like a major win for me. But on this one thing, it's like we always get to this sticking point. You put that baby inside of you, you are responsible. No, whatever your choice, you are responsible. Fuck fuck that. Because really? Yes. Yes. I was not responsible for you. Listen to me. Are you kidding me? No. Okay, well, we're just going to never agree on this, baby doll. My mom has always been super, you know, Reaganite conservative my whole life. And that's how she raised me. 
she had happened to call like right after the Texas abortion ban went into effect. Um, And I was pretty fired up. She was like, what's going on? And I said, this horrific law just went into effect in Texas and I'm really upset. And she says something like, well, you know, Kate, like, I just, I just think that sometimes you, you know, I know where you stand. I'm just saying, well, and I, I just couldn't handle this argument again that day. Last time we had this argument before I got mad and hung up on you, you mentioned a couple of things that um, I have serious issues with. One, the term late term abortion. What does that mean? For me, that would be after 24 weeks. Because she always says the same stuff. She always says, well, what about late-term abortion? Or what about the 80% of women who get abortions regret them? Like, I don't know where she's coming up with these numbers. But, you know, she she has, like, sort of familiar arguments. And that time, I was just in no mood. I sat down with Kathleen and her mom, Nicole, to really understand why abortion is the only topic they can't agree on or even agree to disagree on. And not in that, what are your arguments kind of way, but like, where do these explosive feelings come from kind of way? And whether they can ever find common ground. So first, do you remember the first time you guys had a conversation about abortion? I have honestly no idea. Growing up, like, we were like a pro-life household is how I remember it. Like, I don't remember us ever like you sitting me down and saying abortion is wrong or whatever. But like, it's always been like a part of my origin story. I kind of remember abortion coming into the conversation in tandem with talking about like (laughs) my conception. You know, it was always a story of, you know, my mom got pregnant and then like immediately it felt like that's a baby. And that was the message that I always got. It never felt like it came from a religious perspective, but it always felt like abortion is bad because if I had gotten an abortion, we wouldn't have you. It's pretty obvious when Kathleen and her mom, Nicole, talk about abortion that this isn't a typical religious right versus secular left showdown. Their talking points don't feel traditional or political at all. When it comes down to it, the reason Nicole believes abortion is wrong could very well be because of Katie. So I was in college and my sister uh, was working on Mackinac Island 1988. And she said, this is so much fun, you got to come here. It was the late 80s and Nicole got a summer job at a place called The Pink Pony in an island resort town in northern Michigan. She was a 21-year-old journalism major at Colorado State University, an energetic, brown-haired woman who ran eight miles in the morning and drank cheap beers at night. And it was while working at The Pink Pony that she met Dex. I felt like I was madly in love and we decided to, you know, no matter what happened at the end of the summer, we would make it work. There's no doctors on the island. You can't get the pill. I couldn't, you know, so I was buying the Today Sponge, which it turns out didn't work, but it was very expensive. No daughter should know this much about the specifics of their own. (laughs) So... I got off the island. I was carsick all the way home on the bus. I didn't know what was wrong. I went out to dinner with my cousin. I kept having to go to the bathroom. She goes, could you be pregnant? I'm like, no, I'm never late. That's a stupid reason to think you're not pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So we get two pregnancy tests on the way back to her apartment, and they're both positive. You know, I didn't sleep all night, obviously. I was really freaked out, did not know what was going to happen. 
And the next day we go to Planned Parenthood and they do a blood test, which was positive. I called Katie's dad, Dex, at the time. And he, at first he was like, it's okay. We'll work it out. We'll get married, blah, blah, blah. Then a few days later, he's like, I am not ready to be a father. I can't get married. And I'm like, oh my God. So then um, I went to the doctor and she promised me, she's like, you will have the best doctors if this is your choice. I just want you to be completely informed and know where the fetus is and where the development is. And so she just had this book, you know, you're six weeks along. This is where your fetus is now. And I was like, well, that looks an awful lot like a baby, <laughs> you know? Arms, legs, feet, hands, all that stuff, eyes. I'm like, oh God, well, that, you know, that was it for me. I went to the doctor, said, okay, I'm not having an abortion. Then he said, well, we have to meet with someone about adoption. And the adoption lady looks at me and goes, you're not a candidate. <laughs> you're not emotionally going to be able to give up this child. She was like, I know, I've done this enough times. I'm like, okay. Wow. So, so, I, I failed. I failed the adoption interview. <laughs> so like someone could tell even before you had made the decision yourself that you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I had just finished my third year of college. <sighs> Went back to grandma's, called my mother, which was a mistake. Because my mother was crazy and she got all mad that I had ruined her life somehow. Oh. And she's like, you have to have an abortion. You have to have an abortion. And then she proceeded to tell everyone I was pregnant. I'm like, if you really wanted me to have an abortion, why did you tell everyone who was pregnant? I needed support. <laughs> and my sister's like, yeah, the only people I told was Kathy. And so was, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so everybody knew you were pregnant. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, you must have felt so alone. I did. Yeah. How do you think your life would have been different if you had made that decision to to have an abortion? I don't know. All I know is after she came out, I didn't know how the world existed before. I was like, if I don't have another child, I had this one. I was satisfied. I, I, I loved her. Like I, I just, I, I, I could never give up a child. <laughs> this is what I wanted my whole life. Maybe it wasn't when I wanted it, but it happened when it happened. What sacrifices did you make to stay pregnant? <laughs> everything I gave up my home I gave up college I gave up all of my friends I humiliated myself by going to sign up for um, welfare WIC uh, it was horrible nothing I'd ever experienced before I cried when I we moved into our first university village apartment because it was so depressing I was lonely <laughs> did not have any friends. I had to work. I worked the whole time I was pregnant. Whoa, really? Yes. Damn. Full time. So like you're nine months about to pop and you're still on your feet. Wow. Yep. We had cardboard boxes for tables. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a vacuum cleaner. Finally got a vacuum cleaner. That was a big deal. And then my grandmother made curtains for the living room and for the baby's room. And it was all about making the life for this kid the best, even though it was this little dinky apartment. I had them change the carpet out because I was like, this carpet isn't clean enough and my baby is crawling around on it. And I complained until they replaced it. I was old enough. I know everybody isn't cut out to be a parent. Everybody doesn't feel the way I did. But, uh, you know, at what point it's that line, like at what point do you decide this is a human being? This is not, you know, how important this life is. 
Katie's like, but the mom's life is always more important. But for me, it wasn't. Her life was more important the whole time. Does the idea of abortion make you think about this moment for you and this decision for you and, and Katie? No. It, um, not, at least not on the surface. I feel like when I when people talk about abortion, I just think, maybe, I don't know. I have to think about that. Am I thinking about myself or am I thinking about, Yeah. you know, maybe I am without really realizing it. Maybe it is the subconscious thread. After the break, we hear from Kathleen. What does it feel like to be avidly pro-choice when your very existence might be the reason your mom is pro-life? And is there any way to change her mind? Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you. And their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now edit, also known as the Nine edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's pretty clear that for Nicole, even if it's just on a subconscious level, becoming pregnant with Kathleen and deciding to sacrifice so much for her child has a lot to do with the emotional aspect of how she thinks about abortion. And honestly, how could it not? But Kathleen isn't a baby anymore. She's a 31-year-old woman with a uterus of her own and reproductive rights she wants her mom to want to protect. And that tension can be painful. So Kathleen, why does it feel so important to you that you convince your mom to feel the same way as you do? Or is it so important to you? It's not necessarily that I convince her to see the things the same way that I do so much as that I feel like it's important for me, for my mom to recognize how important a right this is for everybody. It just feels like <sighs> I'm the reason she's so pro-life and I don't want to be that. Like, I don't want to be a pro-life mascot. It's hard to have this argument because it always comes down to like, well, I just love you so much. I'm like, why does it matter? Like, I would choose you. I love you and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's not about me. Like, it's not about your love for me. And so it gets, the conversations get sticky. It's not like just my personal experience. It's something you don't know. Until you are pregnant, you don't know how you will feel about that fetus inside you. You don't know that. I don't know how I will feel but I also don't know how anybody else would feel. That's like, 
there's a whole world of other experiences of other lives of other like whatever like maternal bond or instinct or like magical spiritual moment that you experience that's not universal and it's also not uncommon and it's not something you know about mom I'm not saying that your bond was not real or that doesn't exist for you or that doesn't inform how you feel obviously it does what I'm saying is that you're talking about your feelings as if they was divine. No, I'm not. I'm saying it colors the situation. It's a piece of information you don't have. And I don't think we will have a complete agreement or not about this until you do have that information. That feels incredibly unfair. Talk to a few mothers. They all pretty much feel the same. Applying universal significance to a sample size of one. Like all mothers feel this way. I, like you act like you're the only person who's ever. Not all mothers, not all mothers, but I would say the majority of them. Yeah. She doesn't think that me being a mother matters in this discussion. I feel like that. I feel like that experience in her mind shouldn't matter as far as this discussion. And it does matter. And it matters to a lot of people. That does color the situation. It colors how you feel about unborn people. There's no way for it not to. And I really do believe that most mothers do feel a connection to their child before it's born. And, and a lot of us, you know, we'll put that child first. You hear about it all the time. Mothers, you know, skipping cancer treatment so their unborn child can live. This is not, this is not a new idea. <laughs> you know, this is not a, just me thought. And it is something that she doesn't have experience with. Would it surprise you, mom, to learn about the statistics of the number of people who have abortions who already have children? I don't know. Probably. Because I don't have the exact statistics, but it's like, it's either like the majority or like half or something like that. I looked it up. It's definitely the majority, like more than 60% the majority. Yeah, I guess that does surprise me, but I don't know. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what their background is. I don't know how old they were. I don't know how many children they have. I don't know what, you know, I don't know the circumstances. Well, that's kind of the idea like you don't know the circumstances like there's a whole world of other experiences of other lives of other like what whatever like maternal bond or instinct or like magical spiritual moment that you experience that's not universal i do have a strong opinion i just don't feel like i have the right to dictate them to other people Although I don't really agree with abortion as a good choice, if you can avoid it, <laughs> I would never do it. But I'm not about to say a baby is not a baby inside of me that is moving and I feel it. And that's not about to change. And it's not about the change that I think, you know, when a baby has a heartbeat and hands and feet and all that, that they're, I'm not, that opinion is not changing. Whether someone should have an abortion, should be able to have an abortion, that's a different topic. It's so difficult. I will vote against late-term abortion. Mom, don't get mad. I feel like the things that you object to 
are not not always rooted in like real world circumstances. Like if you talk about a fetus that's like past a certain amount of weeks or past viability or like the point where you can feel it or whatever, like the abortions that happen in those times are vanishingly rare. And the reason it's important for abortions to be legal is because abortions that happen at those times are abortions that people need for other reasons. It's not like they just don't want to be pregnant. It's, you know, there's, there's a, a, there's a medical emergency for the pregnant person. The fetus is brain dead or like some, I don't some, deny some, those. Those are special well, circumstances. I well, don't deny that. That's those are the only abortions that happen. I'm talking about viable human okay, beings. Listen, so my point is I want you to vote on it. I want you to vote for abortion to be legal because those circumstances, if abortion isn't legal in those circumstances, then those people are faced with like even more trauma. Yeah. Do you think you could ever be comfortable knowing that you and your mom will always disagree with this about this? I mean, I'll probably never stop hassling her. That's okay. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> do you, Do you ever see yourselves finding a middle ground? Either one of you? Yes. I do. What about you, Kathleen? Yeah, no, I think it's funny because at the beginning of this conversation, we both were like an emphatic, like, no, I think both of us secretly believe that the other one will like come around. Like, I think, I think she thinks that I'll get pregnant and I'll suddenly like see the light. <laughs> and I'm just so like, at one point I will come up with exactly the right metaphor and she'll be like, aha, is that accurate mom? <laughs> Maybe. Kathleen, you don't have to answer this, but um, have you ever had an abortion? I have never had an abortion. Holy God. <laughs> Did you not know? That was the worst five seconds of my life. <laughs> oh, why? Because uh, I don't know. What if I had said yes? I don't know. I wouldn't like disown you or hate you or anything. It just would have been a shock. Wow. Wow. Okay. So Kathleen, if you were thinking about having an abortion, would you tell your mom? Absolutely. Don't tell me. <laughs> which I think she knows, which is why, which is why I'm surprised that I would totally tell you if for nothing else to be like, I'm getting an abortion. Now what? Because I am myself. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I like I don't like I haven't hidden things from you in a long time. You know, you know I would tell you. I, I know. I know. Did did you say that you didn't want her to tell you? Yes, I I don't want her to tell me. I don't want to know that. Would it make you feel differently about like think differently not, about? Not about her, but it would hurt. How do you feel in that moment where she hesitated to tell you? that she had not gotten an abortion. Why did that give you such a shock? Because I thought, oh my God, maybe she did. And then I would be okay with it. Just like anything, you accept your child, you love your child, no matter what, they're going to make decisions you don't agree with. I, you know, I would come around to it. It would definitely hurt though. Because I would want to know why, what, you know, what were the circumstances? What is the one thing you wish you could get across to your mom? Just one thing. Just that, just that this maternal feeling she felt isn't 
for everybody. What about you, Nicole? It's probably the reverse. That's our sticking point. Um, it's like, it, not that it's for everybody, but that, but that it, I would love for her to acknowledge that that is something she doesn't know. I want you to sig- to acknowledge that it is a piece of information that you don't have. That's it. And that might possibly, I don't know, make you th- at least understand how I feel. Maybe not. I would probably understand the strength of feeling better if I had been pregnant, had a similar experience. I can acknowledge that, but I'm not going to say that like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that experience gives anyone any greater authority in this debate. How does it feel to have these conversations together? I can take it so long and then I'm like, okay, I'm tired of this. I'd rather get to like, what did you have for lunch? I mean, I'm a debater. I like to debate and I just, you know, I don't know. I feel like, like, yes, it can be frustrating, but I do get a little thrill every time. Like, I don't know. I feel like we have like some sort of breakthrough or there's some sort of like communicate, like something is communicated that we haven't before. Like, I don't know. There's something that keeps me like, like I keep wanting to have this conversation because I feel like there is a comment, like there is, there is a place where we can meet and I'm just, I just have to get there. So yes, it's frustrating and it's difficult and it can be emotional, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I got some, some weird part of like, I feel sort of like hopeful, like we can, we can, <laughs> we can get there. I'm sorry, mom. It's okay. No, I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Cut Podcast is made by me, Jasmine Aguilera. B.A. Parker and Nurbu Sidi. Mixed by Alex Higgins. Edited by Kelly Prime. Our executive editors are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kerwa. Special thanks to Jen Ortiz, Kathleen Walsh, and Nicole Walsh. The Cut Podcast is made possible by the team at New York Magazine. Subscribe to support their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Jasmine Aguilera. Thanks for listening. Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you, and their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now Edit, also known as the Nine Edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Podcast24.